Welcome to Circus Whispers. This is episode two of podcast Circus Whispers. I'm Nadja van der Rijden. I will be your host today. In this podcast, we will talk to young makers doing a residency at Tent House for Contemporary Circus. All artists are more or less active in the circus discipline and beyond. And we wanted to make a podcast to make a document for the in-house makers, for other makers, but also for you listeners to hopefully serve as an audio document with hints of inspiration through peaks inside the making processes of these young makers. Just before they enter the studio, we invite them for an open conversation. Together, we discuss their artistry, topics, themes and practical dilemmas that concern them, their generation and the circus field. This week, we sit down with Luc Branches. Perfect. Let's go. Uh, just to share, we speak in English since most of the makers are non-Dutch speaking. So, who are the makers? Who are the makers? We are talking to Luc Branches today. He started his residency this week at Tent and we're looking forward to it. Let's introduce him. Luc Branches. He is a circus artist from Oosterbeek. In the two years he studied at uh, Codart Circus Arts in Rotterdam, he specialized in the discipline of teeterboard. You continued in uh, Stockholm later on. There you met your current circus partners uh, and together you are four on board, a circus company specialized in teeterboard. Yeah. Besides the project with four on board, you will get to find your uh, way as a maker in the circus field. And at the moment, you're working on a project where uh, the teacher board is approached as an entity. Uh, and in line with that, attend as a maker for a week, you will investigate how the discipline is influenced when the teacher board is replaced or the partner, sorry, the teacher board partner is replaced by an object. So one question that I think needs to be asked, because this is not something that is known to everybody, what is a teacher board? Luke, tell me. Um, so a teeter board is basically a seesaw for grown-ups. It's, it's a plank atop a balancing point and you jump in the air and by landing back on, on the plank, you catapult your partner into the air, kind of creating a repetitive pattern um, of jumps. And once you're in the air, you can do various flips and, and patterns of jumping over to other sides. And it's, it's basically a lot of jumping. Wow. Wow. So, hey, in your uh, reading or in your writing beforehand, on uh, before coming to the residency, you talked about these topics that you're busy with, that you're dealing with. And uh, I was wondering, there's two that especially talk to me, is the combination of peace and fragility. How do you see that? Because, of course, it's very much of a power activity also that you have. So, how, yeah, how does that relate? Tell me. Yeah, I, I really like that question. It's... For me, exactly this this power and kind of this this brutalness of of the discipline because there is a lot of impact. It's it's big. It's impressive, and I really enjoy that on one hand. But I also feel very limited in in just that um, that framework of of being spectacular, of being yeah virtuous. Yeah, virtuous. Yeah. And then I. I myself think it's it's way more interesting to try to involve kind of the the contrary and and kind of create a um, what's it called again like an anti-manifest basically of of what I don't want it to be. So that that was 
when I it, when I was in school, it started with an anti-manifest. I I didn't want to be virtuous. I didn't want to be powerful. I didn't want that level of testosterone that comes with it. And that's why I came to to these um, to these topics. And myself, I I can also as a person relate to those more. So my interest was definitely to to bring those into my discipline and and show that that is also possible yeah. Um, yeah. because it is a discipline that contains a lot of force but but it also it yeah it catapults you into the air and there is a moment of weightlessness and a moment of flying um, if you will so yeah I, I think when you highlight those moments it can be very peaceful and, and fragile uh, yeah for you the power is more more up than down <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I guess. I mean. I, I figure. No. Of course. I'm. I'm not. I'm not a, a circus maker. I'm a maker, but not a not a circus maker. This moment of the. Um, and I think for you, this this counts also very much. What you need the, the the power and the, well, the virtuosity, but also I think it's it's very this bracing for impact that you talk about. No, it's this is something that I think is really part of circus. This this part where you have to deal with well, the limits of your body uh, a lot, the limits in your case also. So you have an object working with you or against you. It's a bit how, depending on the day, I guess. So, you know, how, how does this relate in a way, this, this, yeah, this almost craftsmanship, like you have the, the, um, yeah, the dealing with the situations and the limits of what is possible versus also the art and the creation of, yeah, well, new work and, 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 and making the tension of those limits or testing those boundaries. Is this something that, yeah, that goes hand in hand? Does that work often? Do you feel that that works nicely together or is there a lot of friction there? How does that feel for you? I feel it's a limitation in that way that within the creation, there are these certain moments that you cannot cannot go around. On the other hand, you can learn how to use them and and have them as an advantage point uh, in your in your creation and in your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then because I also wonder in this. I mean, it's often uh, like uh, in my field, I work uh, a lot with audio and audiovisual installations, and there I feel also that well, for instance, so the the limits of of working with audio or working with your your tools, and so in in my case, it's it's machines. In your case, it's your body. To what extent? Um, uh, you know, is this limitation also, yeah, can you overcome and uh, do you just need a lot of practice in order to get that step further? Um, I, I decided to create this piece by myself because I, I've always worked within groups because my discipline is a group discipline. And I just really felt the urge to, yeah, to create something that was fully mine, to create without compromises. And with, with that standpoint in mind, I, I thought like, okay, then I need to find a way to still be able to, to practice my discipline, but do it by myself, which then led to, to me having sleepless nights, trying to think of ways how to, to practice, to, yeah, to create constructions, to be able to, to jump teeterboard alone. Um, so I came up with this, this hammer structure where the hammer is basically my, my jumping partner. It's a big sandbags, a big weight that, yeah, that I catapult into the air, which then replaces the, the body of, of a partner, which allows me to, to still jump teeterboard in kind of a 
a normal way. Like I still jump, there's still the repetitive pattern. And yet I, I also wanted to work more to have a completely different approach to my discipline because now I just replicate the partner. But I thought, okay, what brings it when, I, when I'm really alone with the teeterboard? I mean, that's where also an interesting tension lies is if you are not dealing with another person, there are several things going on. Of course, like, so of course, you have to deal with the practicalities, but also there is an other notion of uh, performing together. So as a performer, but in this new situation for you also as a maker, you're going to, well, develop your artistic practice in a different direction, uh, right? And then as a next step, you as a maker, uh, as an artist deciding uh, on, on working, how, yeah, how do you, well, maybe first of all, because also you're at the start of a residency, how do you wish developing that? Uh, for this creation, I really took the, the structure that I built um, and the teeterboard itself and, and me as a starting point and started discovering what the possibilities are with the different constellations of, of the teeterboard, of the structure, of me, or just me and the teeterboard, or just the teeterboard and, yeah. and the external structure. Yeah. So like that, I started generating new material yeah, I'm, when I'm in residency, I'm all alone in the studio for, for a week or longer. And, and it brings this, this certain mindset or, or state of mind with it that you're so focused on your work that nothing else exists around it. And yeah, I, I get completely swallowed up by the piece. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, one thing that I'm curious of, um, you stated earlier... Um, that uh, there is too few innovation in your discipline. Uh, why? Why did you state that? Um, I think teeterboard is quite a spectacular and virtuous discipline. People really enjoy to, to see the risk. Yeah. And, and that might result in having less urgency to, to expand the boundaries of the discipline. You, you would rather get stuck kind of doing what you do while... In other disciplines, for example, with, with juggling, there's been so much innovation and, and constantly expanding the boundaries of, of what is possible within the discipline, what is possible within juggling. And I would really like to see that tendency to, to also come to teeterboard because it's so much more than just jumping up and down. Um, so I think having different approaches towards the object, towards the, the movements that, that come with it, that that is what really interests me yeah yeah interesting and so um uh, one thing that you're uh, planning on working with this week and i think uh, indeed this might be on well the stretching of this discipline also is uh, using guided uh, improvisation techniques uh, can you tell a bit about those like uh, what kinds do you use how do you how do you work with that tell me i i mostly use them to generate new material so i i have a starting point of a of a constellation with the teeterboard and and the structure that i use and then set rules for myself which i can then play within so for example i i make a phrase or an existing phrase and i work on that phrase um but change the speed change the tempo try to to have that phrase but do it with my eyes closed and and then you create a lot of new material, a lot of kind of little words. And these words you then afterwards can combine into sentences, making phrases and, and trying to write a, write a poem or something. But then within 
the my circus practice yeah so it, it gives you a kind of uh, it gives you a text of of actions yeah. in a way like uh, yeah and how have you been uh, dealing with that before on on creating those phrases so how uh, is this something you you do alone or is this for the first time that you're doing that alone how do you how do you plan on doing that this time for this creation i i also work with a few external eyes that help me yeah it's very important also to to have those those collaborators um i really use use these external eyes to to push me in new directions and and to also keep me grounded within the work hey um next item uh i call it the bump the bump the bump, the bump. Because sometimes there is this this moment, or maybe not even sometimes, but I think actually always in the making process. As a maker, I'm also very curious, but I think for a lot of people this is interesting. The makership isn't something necessarily easy. Projects don't necessarily come naturally. Sometimes they do, but I don't really believe in such miracles. Uh, so what are you hoping to or afraid of running into or bumping into this upcoming week? I think it's it's the fact of being all alone in the studio. I think I think that can be very difficult because I, I like to be around people and, and to be with people. And that's also something that, that really is present within my piece to kind of balance between being alone, which I think everyone is really good and can really benefit from being alone because it's a really great thing to to be able to be at peace with yourself. But then also there is definitely the downside of, of being lonely where you feel like something is missing, where, you, where you're not really comfortable with just you by yourself. Um, and I think both of those moments will be very present within this week of creating. Yeah, this is also a topic that you're that you're planning on dealing with, really, right? I, I try to convey that feeling to the audience um, by my relation towards kind of the object used most in the show, which is a sandbag. And I think my relation were towards that sandbag constantly changes within the piece. When I when I feel alone, so when I'm really comfortable with being by myself, it feels like the sandbag is more an extension of my body. It it is more of a tool that I use to to accomplish what I want to do. Yet when when this feeling of loneliness takes over, I I might want to find comfort with this this sandbag to yeah to fill up this this missing void that causes this loneliness. So I think the the sandbag really is this metaphor of the two states. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and I think uh, uh, something that I um, bump into a lot as a maker is that uh, there is this certain point, especially within residency period or within creatorship, is that you start at a certain point you start walking in in a circle and you you like it becomes a loop and there is this frustration and feeling that you're kind of bored of yourself. You're not you know, you're stuck in something and you know that you're stuck and you don't know how to get out of it and there is a way out. And often, for me, it's a feeling, hey, I'm almost uh, at this next step. How is this something that you recognize? Uh, is this something that you've had before uh, uh, within the making processes? Yeah, I think it's mostly accepting the, the material and accepting the, yeah, what I create 
um, to to also take that step back and not immediately self-criticize the work. Yeah, so that's also, you've, you also found yourself a way out of it in a way of such moments. Yeah, because that was indeed yeah. like, how do you get out of it? <laughs> By yeah. stepping back and do you, do you have the feeling that, that that gives you also the, yeah, enough distance uh, often? Is that distance then mostly the, the, the answer? Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't always work. So I, I try to, to create situations for myself where where kind of where I'm in the optimal conditions to to create and then once this self criticizing comes in I I actually physically need to distance myself from from my creation space because otherwise it just keeps on going and I keep on trying to to adapt it and and yeah get in contact with the material again so i i really physically need to kind of get out go for a walk go for a cycle to to be able to come back with a fresh mind yeah nice go for a cycle i like that <laughs> good idea i should do that next time <laughs> yeah definitely yeah cycling good one always yes solves everything. i agree <laughs> so depending on the country where you live i guess it's not always possible but uh, indeed it's good advice yeah luckily we yes. live in the netherlands <laughs> Hey, um, uh, every time we ask the residents to bring an object or a prop and discuss this uh, thing or these things with the maker uh, and what it is, what the role of it is, how do you bodily relate to it? Um, is, is there a bigger topic related to this or uh, small? So uh, for you, tell me, uh, what did you bring? And uh, can you let us hear? Can you tell about it? Uh, share with us. What, what is your thing? The thing. The thing. Um, so, since I work with a lot of objects, I couldn't really choose which one I wanted to to, <laughs> to use or to, to talk about. So I chose to to bring something completely different. It's it's kind of the facilitator for me to be able to do all of this, which is basically it's my trolley. I, I have a lot of material and a lot of heavy material. I, I travel by van and it's about 500 kilos of, of stuff that needs Whoa. to be moved. And most of the time I'm all by myself. Yeah. So this trolley really allows me to, I don't know, not break my back. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, this is like, uh, so, so indeed it's almost, uh, this is maybe uh, your unwanted but necessary yeah, talisman exactly. because uh, otherwise uh, you cannot get the, the stuff together. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> ah, you're welcome. Hey, um, so each time the previous resident uh, sends a quote uh, or a, th a statement or a thought uh, to the next resident as food for thought, hopefully to help the maker uh, during their upcoming residency. The quote. The quote. The quote. Uh, live in the show, uh, they will report on their thoughts on that quote. And uh, Nick and Germain, the previous residents, left you uh, a quote, both of them. Um, okay, so hey, Luke. Um, so my quote for you would be a quote that kind of guides me through life that I really like. Uh, it's a super classic and known one. Um, it says... Uh, they didn't know that it was impossible, so they did it. <laughs> Thank you very much. And then, Nick, can you share your quote or thought? 
Yes. Um, hello, Luke. Here is uh, my quote from you. It's from a very intelligent woman called Dinah Dash. And uh, she is uh, uh, one of my drag characters. So here you go. Less is not more. More is more. But more is not always better unless it's glitter. Keep your darlings, cut the crap, and don't forget to have fun. <laughs> voilà. <laughs> oh, wow. I really like those. Especially since they're so different from each other. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, they're actually quite uh, almost opposite, no? I mean, it uh, maybe it tells something about well. I mean, it comes from two different people, uh, and uh, but uh, both uh, to you also uh, uh, knowing a bit of your work. So tell me, how do you what what resonates for you? Yeah, I really like about the the quote of Yama that people always think that they need to know everything beforehand before they actually start trying something or doing something. But I think just the fact of, of doing something and, and see what it results in, I think this is so beautiful and, and it really resonates with, yeah, well, you don't know, it's impossible. Like you just try something, do it and then realize like, Oh, well, this just happened. And that also really happened for me within the process. So I, I really, really enjoy this quote. Cool. Yeah, I guess, I mean, this relates also to this, uh, to this uh, improvisation practice that you're talking about, no? Uh, this, uh, yeah, trying to discover uh, no, definitely. Um, ways uh, without knowing, but setting these rules. So this is your way of dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, and, and about the quote of Nick, actually... How about the glitter in your practice? There should be more <laughs> glitter in my practice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that dearly, that advice. To, to add some add some glitter to it yeah <laughs> nice okay so uh, th their object i think that's nice to relate to now uh, last time was uh, germain uh, uh, made us hear or listen to a sewing machine so maybe one day if you're needing a costume advice you could go to them and ask for more glitter <laughs> they might be good at it yeah <laughs> oh I think I will maybe not for this creation to have the glitter, but there will definitely moments where I will need glitter in my right. life. <laughs> hey, and yeah. you also prepared a quote for the next resident that's gonna uh, be coming uh, soon. That is Jessica Helmuth. Uh, she's an aerial roper and uh, you have thought of a quote to share for her. Can you share it to us as well? Yeah, so uh, hi, Jessica. Um, I prepared a quote from the book Thinking Through Circus. Um, and I chose this quote because we're both using apparatuses. And I think circus very much relates to the use of apparatuses. So this particular quote is from Joseph Stieler. Here it goes. Maybe just preparing the stage for the objects and then objects performing for other objects, or maybe not even a stage. Theaters are houses for human amusement. A tree falling in the woods, only recognized by the other trees, slowly falling apart over the years. Or the small fish traveling on the back of whales, cleaning the skin of the whale. Or just a piece of rock rolling down the mountain, taking more and more stones, going down the valley, not recognized by any human. Nice. I hope you can use this in your work. We're very curious to hear what you will tell us about it, what resonates to her. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing not only the quote, but also the book indeed. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
we're going to hear next episode what Jessica will say. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Yes. Hey, thank you Perfect. very much, Luke. Super nice to talk to you. Thank you. And, uh, thank you uh, to uh, meet you. It was nice. It's uh, only virtual still. I'm uh, very much looking forward to a live premiere. So let's say somewhere yeah. next year. What do you think? Uh, hopefully end of this end year. End of this year. Okay, it, good. Uh, you, you yeah, give yourself some time, but not too much. <laughs> very exactly. good. Nice. Exactly. Hey, yeah. and enjoy your residency very much. I hope it will be fruitful and uh, nourishing. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And one last thing that I want to share with you. You can ask questions to the makers. Questions from the audience. Questions, questions from the audience. If you have a question, comment, suggestion, thought, or quote that you would like to share with the makers, great fun. Send us an email to info and we will include your contribution in the next podcast. And for now, till next time. This podcast is a collaboration with Tent House for Contemporary Circus. Myself as a host, director and editor, Mathieu van der Weyde. Music is made by Tent Housemaker Benjamin Monkey Kuitenbrouwer. The mixage is done by Jait Metin. And many thanks to the makers House of Circus, Luc Brandjes, Jessica Helmuth, Sinking Sideways, Lisa van Braco, and Mart and Jan de Kinder. Tent House for Contemporary Circus is supported by the Performing Arts Fund and the Amsterdam Fund of the Arts. For the latest news, subscribe to our newsletter and visit our website www.tent.eu and follow us on Instagram. If you want to experience more of Tent, it's possible soon. Come to our live stream of Back to Base on May 29th. Check the website for more info on this. Bye-bye.